0: Radio Adventures, my name is Richard, KB5JBV, and uh, welcome, welcome to the show. Um, sorry about this being a little bit late, uh, things have been kind of hectic around here and I haven't had time to sit down and record an episode, but we're going to talk a little while this evening about amateur radio in the me, me, me society, I think. I was standing out on the back porch earlier this evening, and I got to thinking about it. You know, in this particular society we live in nowadays, we have a lot of people around the uh, age of 20, 21 years old that don't remember a world without cell phones, instant access to the internet, and a lot of other things. I mean, doggone it, by the time most of them got where they... Even realized what was going on in the world. They had access to streaming services like Netflix and other things. Um, I have a granddaughter that is absolutely captivated by The Mandalorian right now. And she's only, I think, seven or eight years old. I have another one that uh, Elmo, Elmo, Elmo. Uh, she sits and watches videos all day long on uh a tablet that her parents had around the house that she has taken possession of. And quite honestly, my youngest grand grandchild, uh, my grandson, uh, Jackson, he will probably be spoiled to continuous input from all different directions because his father's the kind of guy that sits around and talks on the phone and, uh, Likes to watch videos and music videos and watches football on the TV and all this other stuff all the time. In that particular home, and in our home, for the most part, there's a TV that stays on all the time. There's access to the internet and all that good stuff. So, I really got to thinking about it. And most of these, uh, I guess they call them millennials, they've never been, never really had to entertain themselves. Consequently, they become more and more isolated because of the fact that they talk to their friends on Facebook, TikTok, all these other places. And this got me to thinking about amateur radio in general. Now, in the past, amateur radio operators were a social bunch. They got together at coffee or, uh, lunch or something they would gather up somewhere and sit around and talk about the kind of stuff they've done in amateur radio the kind of stuff they hope to do in amateur radio and that kind of stuff and I see more and more as I'm looking around me that this is not exactly the case I'm sure there's isolated areas where it still goes on but for the most part You know, I live in North Texas. I'm not very far outside of Dallas. And it would probably be even worse if I was up in Dallas County at this time. But it's even... You get to looking at the local uh, club's websites where there used to be lots and lots of information coming across. You know, people posting articles that they saw out on the internet talking about different things and... Arrangements to hook up so they could work on antennas or work out an issue with somebody's radio or that kind of stuff. And you don't see a lot of that anymore. I was actually reading through a thread on one of the uh, social media sites not too long ago. And ran across something about there's a lot of new guys out there that are looking for people to help them learn. Basically, they're looking for Elmers, but they're unable to find these people. Now, understand, amateur radio also has always been a social uh, pastime, and we knew all the people in our club. You know, well, give me a, give you an example. Uh, when I was a member of the Dallas Amateur Radio Club, they had over 300 members, and it was difficult to know everyone in the club. However, over at the Ham Association of Mesquite, we only had a hundred members. And at the very least, you could look across the room at somebody and you could say their name and call sign because it was closer. Unfortunately, a lot of, some of them, not a lot of them, some of them came in during the debate over the codeless technician license and were shunned. By some of the older operators now, this is definitely a no no, I don't condone that simply because i um, well, I'll tell you all the truth, I was against the codeless license, however, I've seen quite a few fantastic world class I could use that a lot lately uh exceptional amateur radio operators come out of that licensing. I'm a little dismayed at the fact that the test has really uh become a joke. But we'll get back to that in another episode, I'm sure. It's nothing like it was when they first instituted the Codeless Technician License. Now, before I go any further, let me speak to the folks in Europe and uh, Asia, Africa, that kind of stuff. I am specifically talking about the United States. I have no input on how things are in different parts of the world. And in some cases, I may not even have input on what it's like in Canada or Mexico. But I do know how it is here. As I said, the millennial bunch, they've lost their way. When they come in, they're afraid to ask. And the people that they would ask to help guide them along are not the kind of people that are going to go ahead and offer the information. This will not work. I tell you now, this will not work. Now, I've been listening to a few podcasts also. I've tried to listen to other podcasts so I know what the nature of amateur radio is at this time and what people are talking about they feel is important and needs to be talked about on different podcasts and stuff. And I heard a couple the other day. One, they didn't even know where the word Elmer came from. To them, it was one of those things that the history of it was lost in the pages of time. No one was ever going to know where the word Elmer came from. I'll tell you where the word Elmer came from. It came from a 1971 article in the QSD magazine. That's where it came from. And these guys who have a glitzy, slick commercial type radio uh, amateur radio podcast and the guy in charge of things he's been a commercial radio broadcast radio guy for years and years and they couldn't be bothered to do the research so then i'm listening to another podcast put up with uh, put together by some folks that i'm starting to develop quite a bit of respect for and they were talking about different things. You know, these guys aren't going out and finding Elmers. Elmers aren't finding them. Uh, one of them even suggested that there should be a they RL, should put together a program to Elmer the Elmers. Well, I think that's a bit much, but the idea is that the new guys are coming in, we're not teaching them anything. They've got instant access to the world via the internet, uh, and their phones now because you can call just about anywhere on your cell phone. If you have the right plan, it don't cost you a dime over and above what it costs for you to have your cell phone. We have radios that talk over the internet. We have the separation of the hands. Y'all heard me talk about that more than once. So to my dismay. I see, and uh, yeah, y'all don't get me wrong. I was licensed in the late 80s. I was licensed probably about four years, five years, somewhere in that neighborhood before the Codeless Tech license came in. The people who helped me or convinced me to get my license were the same people that were my initial Elmers. On the show, I was talking about where they didn't even know where the word Elmer came from, phrase that they used. Kind of stuck with me, and that phrase was who was your Elmer singular who was the one who elmered you the one who was your Elmer? Well, apparently these guys are some of those uh millennials I was talking about because quite honestly. Everyone who bothers to take the time to teach you or show you in the amateur radio service, somebody who has allowed you to come over their station, someone who has come over and helped you put up an antenna, somebody who has sat at coffee and explained to you how something works, even something as simple as building a dipole antenna, they are an Elmer for you now using that criteria i have a list of elmers multiple elmers longer than my arm because every amateur radio operator i have come in contact with over the years has taught me something good examples my father who pushed really hard to get me into amateur radio because he always thought his hobbies were the greatest hobbies in the world, whatever they were. We didn't do very well in golfing. Not a great golfer at all. But, uh, you know, I'm passable. Him wanting to go dove hunting, well, I'm just not a hunting guy. You know, I slaughtered my share of dove that particular year. And, uh, Cleaned them and all the good stuff. Uh, As far as scuba diving, well, yeah, we really took a shine, or I probably took more of a shine to it than he did, and that kind of stuff. But he fought like hell to get me into the amateur radio service. Mostly, I think mostly because he and his buddies had been playing around for years in the citizen band service, and it really got wild. Right after they dropped the licensing for that. And he had always wanted to be a ham radio operator anyway. I, on the other hand, had no problem with the citizen service at the time. Because I have sat out in West Texas and talked all the way back to Dallas on a a radio in my car. But, well, I can even uh, go this far. I even borrowed one of his amateur radio antenna books and built an antenna. For my twenty seven megahertz radio, which outperformed a lot of the guys over in the same part of part of the world I was living in, that were running kilowatt or better amplifiers, so I start to approach it. I've got his friends helping me learn so I can take the test. I learned c w on my own I spent six months. Sitting in a parking lot at a job I had at the time where I had plenty of free time to sit in my car and listen to CW tapes. You know, it was one of those jobs where it was like 10 minutes of activity and then months of waiting. And I had one fella that I worked with that was a radio operator, even though he came into the service kind of through the back door. Yeah, he was a bootlegger for a lot of years and then he, uh, he finally paid somebody to get him give him his license show a uh, show that he had passed the license test, and I'm sure that still goes on today. I wouldn't think it would as easy as the testing is, but but I learned stuff from him. He let me borrow tech question pool, tech general question pool, which it was still called tech general even they even though they'd already combined the licenses sort of. I built my own uh, VHF mobile antenna out of a cb antenna i found at a junk store i'm sure i've told y'all more than once about my my first handheld maybe once or twice about my first mobile rig and for the most part i was kind of in isolation for a while out in grand prairie texas had to kind of try and figure it out myself but that wasn't too hard i was able to build myself a Keep calling it a dipole. It was probably, because I wasn't using a ballon, it was probably more of a horizontal quarter-wave antenna with a quarter-wave counterpoise on it or uh, ground radio on it. However, I did work my first contact, my first HF contact on that. He was in Arecibo, Puerto Rico. Yes, Arecibo, where the... uh, The radio telescope that was the largest telescope in the world for many, many years has now been damaged beyond repair, I believe. Oh my God, the world has changed. This fellow named Bernard Adderholt over in Grand Prairie got me interested in NTS. And before it was over with, even though I didn't really embrace it when he was trying to get me involved, several years later, I ended up digital net manager, net control for the local NTS net. I have a brass powders medallion. I have, I think it's four of five public service honor roll cards someplace showing that I had made enough contacts to get my brown, brass pounder's certificate. Um, my father and I were Winlink hubs, HF hubs in DFW. For NTS and other stuff. But you know. I've had a lot of Elmers. I don't know if y'all hear them sirens or not. They've been going crazy around here for the last week. I've had all these other Elmers. That more often than not. Their Elmering was in the form of. Well you know. What if you thought about it this way, Which would make me take pause. And I would go back and reassess. Whatever it was we were talking about at the time. And think about it. And it turned out to be. They were right. I just wasn't thinking it through the right way. So, with going through all that, we kind of steer back to the original premise. We've got all these guys coming in. And I heard recently that uh, one of the amateur radio talk groups, message groups, whatever they call them down on Reddit, subreddit, I'm sure. There was a whole lot of guys on there that, you know, where are all Elmer? Why can't I find an Elmer? Why can't I get somebody to Elmer me? Why can't I get somebody to help me? And I hear that, see that in some of the Facebook groups, on some of the uh, club websites in the area, and stuff like that. Well, a lot of these guys are busy getting away from everybody. They're trying to get down on HF, so the people they talk to are 100, 1,000, 2,000 miles away. Well, you don't hardly have to meet up with them guys in person and shake their hand and have coffee. Same way with digital modes, D-Star, DMR, I guess P-25, Fusion, that kind of stuff. I'll tell you right now, I got a handful of guys I talk to regularly on on, uh, DMR but the closest ones to my house are 40, 50 miles away. And there was a fellow I talked to on D-Star when uh, we got first got back on air a few months ago that uh, was in Alberta, Canada, Canada, and we spoke for quite a while, but he and I are not likely to meet up at the, I don't know, local IHOP or Denny's or Waffle House and share a cup of coffee and talk about amateur radio. I spent one evening talking for a couple of hours with a guy that's in Tyler, Texas. That's about 60 miles away from where I live on DMR. And if it wasn't for the hot spots, I was able to get in here, I wouldn't have been able to talk to him. Because where I live is kind of a repeater dead zone. Their repeaters are, the closest ones are about 20 miles away. And considering it's a one-bedroom, ground-level apartment, it's kind of difficult to get the proper equipment in the air to do much with that. So I've had to resort to the internet, which I really hate. I've been against that since the beginning. Since Echo Link and uh, the other stuff. Simply because it kind of... It really doesn't fall into last mile communications because if you're having to do last mile communications, you probably ain't going to have no internet. Well, it's possible you could, but chances are you won't. You have some podcasts out there that are doing a good job of Elmering as best we can in a recorded audio file. We try to give you the information we can. A lot of the uh, podcasters are open to feedback, questions, that kind of stuff. There are some of us that are trying to set up alternate ways of getting a hold of of people getting a a hold of a Facebook. Um, I'm not having a lot of luck with that. I'm I'm currently in uh, the process of setting up a Discord server so people can come there and meet like-minded individuals that can help them along with some of the issues they have concerning amateur radio. Were Facebook concerned? Yes, there are groups out there, but you know what? I was watching uh, one of the Pi Star groups not too terribly long ago, and it seemed like every time somebody would ask a question, a newbie question, a question someone who did not know would be asking, there would be some smart aleck on there spitting something out to try and make them think they're stupid. Well, we're not here to make each other feel stupid, We're here to build a reserve of proficient radio operators, people with electronic self-training, so that if for some reason we're needed, we're here. You know, I can go back to the fact we lose frequencies because we're not what we once were, but we're not going to do that in this episode. What are we going to do about it? That's what you need to ask yourself. That's what I'm asking myself, and that's what I'm asking of you. What are we going to do about it? Well, currently with COVID-19, most clubs have uh, suspended their club meetings. Uh, Here in Texas, our annual ARRL convention here was suspended due to COVID. Most of the clubs in the area are having virtual club meetings either on the air or via Zoom or whatever, because of the COVID. The ARRL, for the first time in my memory, amended the field day rules so that it could be done with proper social distancing. We're separated again. Now, as this uh, particular crisis wanes, then things might get back to normal. People operating together, hanging out together, talking together, visiting together, all this other stuff. But in the interim, we have guys coming into the hobby that need guidance. and We're not giving it to them. Quite honestly, if I could figure out a way to make everybody listen to my shows, I would. Mostly because I want to teach them. I want them to know. I'm one of them guys that I want everybody to know everything that I know whether they like it or not. Find ways to find out and seek out these new guys. If you hear somebody new on the air, talk to them a while. You never know. You might be able to give them some information they can use. It's not hard. It's not like a job. You're not going to have to spend 40 hours a week at it. You know, they're going to give you a phone call every once in a while or get you on the radio every once in a while and say, Hey, I got this problem. Do you have any ideas on how I can fix this? Or they going to text message you or send you an email. You know, I will admit, there are still some lonely intervi- individuals out there in amateur radio service. And one of the main reasons they get on the air is so that they have people to talk to. Now, sometimes they have issues. I know one guy. I <laughs> take it back. I've known dozens of guys. That if you gave them the time of day, you could not get rid of them. And it didn't matter how bad your life was. If you start talking about that, theirs was always ten times worse. But that is the exception, not the rule. You know, I've even had those guys. (laughs) I lived at one place where right across a field, one of the guys that I'm talking about, Would get his car serviced and he would stand in the parking lot of the place where he got his car serviced and stare at my house, waiting to see if I came out. But, you know, you got stalkers everywhere you go. What we're talking about is people who are legitimately interested in learning how to be the best amateur radio operators they can possibly be. And all we got to do is answer a few questions. You never know. These guys might be the net control that uh, calls down help for you while you're out storm spot. You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. We've divided ourselves. We keep trying to find a way to divide ourselves. And there's so many new guys out there that are just struggling. They're flailing. They're trying to find a handhold so they can pull themselves up into the amateur radio service. And the fact that we have commercial and non-commercial amateur radio podcasts out there that fill them up with a bunch of information, but they never start at the basics. So then you have, I mean, good lord. Well, let's put it this way. And we're probably going to have to cut this short because I got to uh, get on a phone call with my grandson's mother, but it's kind of like this. For several years, I was a certified Chrysler automotive technician. Went to school, I went to classes for three years and three months, not every day, but I did an awful lot of work to become the best trained Chrysler technician I could be. And quite honestly, I can tear down an engine, I can take apart a transmission, I can do rear end work on them. Electrical work was my specialty. Hmm. I wonder how that happened. And that kind of stuff. So, and in one class, we even took uh, their commercial van, the ProMaster. We took one completely apart all the way down to the frame and then put it back together. That's because I went and took this training and learned it. But if I asked one of you guys to do it, If I ask you to replace the cam in a hemi, you without any instruction at all, if I just handed you some tools, most of you would not be able to do it. And it's the same way with the new radio operators, man. We can't go giving them the high-level information without starting off with the basic information. You know, all these guys got to start. We all started at the same place. And for you guys who have been around a while, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say 468 divided by the frequency in megahertz. We all started in the same place. And since somebody probably gave you a leg up, I know they gave me a leg up. It's time to pay it back. Give the new guys a leg up. Spend some time getting to know them. I find that most amateur radio operators are pretty likable folks. There's a few. Uh, someday I'll tell some of y'all that story but I'll have to do it offline I think Uh, there's a few that can turn out to be problematic but they tend to find that they are become less than popular except among those that are looking to worship somebody with some hero worship crap get out there and teach them and I know I hammer on Elmerin all the time, I really do but there's a serious lack of it in what I've seen in the newer operators when I hear them on the air, when I hear these some of these uh, podcasts that everybody follows that don't know anything as simple as go over and look at the ARRL and you have a definition of Elmer. Speaking of that, for those of you who are listening have been listeners for a long time, I want y'all to know that at, over to ARRL, there is an award for Elmer. and I really don't think they have to be an AWRL member. I don't believe that uh, you have to be an ARRL member to nominate them for this, where they can get a print, nice printed certificate with Elmer Award on the top of it. Some of y'all ought to try that. I would have thought, after all this time being... The guy that's uh, doing his best to impart information, talk classes, talk or uh, gave test sessions, help people along, all this other stuff. But I would have ended up with one, but uh, I haven't seen one in my mailbox yet. However, I'm not in it for the glory. I'm in it for the, I don't know, the abuse. Y'all go over and check that out. If you've got an Elmer that helped you out, go over where Elmer Awards. Just type Elmer Awards and it should take you on in. Anyway, with that, like I said, I'm going to have to get out of here because i got to get on a phone call. Yeah, it's 1.30 in the morning, but hey, no rest for the wicked. I know it's late because the Normans over there snoring. Again, good lord, I don't know how I ended up with him. Of course, then again, I don't know how I would live without him. But with that, y'all enjoy the holidays. I hope y'all get to hear this before Christmas. i Promise to try and have y'all some new content sooner. after Christmas, and get out there and do your best to meet these new guys and help them along. Somebody helps you, it's time for you to do the same. Remember, amateur radio is your social career. And Mostly because we like to sound on the sound of our own voice, that's why we talk on the radio. So with that everybody have a good holiday, happy New Year please enjoy some time with your family over the holidays, we'll talk to y'all later. Happy 5JB League. We gotta go.